0: Right, just go when you're ready, I'll find it. Okay, don't you normally say, hi, I'm Cynthia Murphy first? Oh, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Hello, I'm Cynthia Murphy. And I'm Georgia Bowers. And this is... Oh.
0: (laughs) Okay, try again. We've got to say who we are, don't we?
1: Oh, yeah, what podcast we're on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll try again.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to cut this out I can't be bothered. Hello I'm <laughs> Cynthia Murphy and I'm Georgia Bowers and this is Delete My Browser History.
1: Excellent, Yay. very professional <laughs> and today we're very happy because it's such a sunny day and we have the lovely Lucy Hope with us today and I think Lucy might be our first middle grade author <gasps> on the pod. Am, am I really? I Maybe so. Yeah. Oh, we oh, had Benjamin Keen on, but he was talking about his YA research.
0: Mm-hmm. He's hybrid. So I think,
1: yeah, I think officially. So, oh. um, yeah, so Lucy writes books for children. And I was just reading, I was just reading about Wren um, and Fledgling and they both, because Fledgling's quite gothic and dark, isn't it? It's um, very
2: gothic and dark, yes. Yeah, and it's then I
1: was dark. reading the... The blurb for Wren, and I was like, I've got to save this and, and read it with my daughter because she will be all over that. It sounds so it, – it, it gave me, like, um, Return to Oz vibes a little bit with the, her
2: being stuck in this um, institution of re-education of young women. Yeah, for for women, spirited, wi- or spirited women and girls would have to be locked away. Mm-hmm. But they existed, those places, in Victorian England. You know, had to stifle any um, – any strong-willed girls in case they turned into unmanageable human beings.
1: Oh no, we can't have yeah. that, can we? No, no. Yeah. We would have <laughs> been
0: absolutely screwed.
2: Yes, we, <laughs> we would have all been in <laughs> those institutions, wouldn't we?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucy's going to be chatting with us today uh, about a lovely savoury topic, of course, but before we get started, she's going to share with us her two truths and a lie and Cynthia and I are going to try and try and guess we're getting I think we're getting quite good at this now yeah and then yeah and then Lucy can reveal the the correct answer at the end okay excellent okay over to you Lucy then tell us your two truths and
2: a lie okay my two truths and a lie are in no particular order Number one, when I was about 10, I inadvertently sucked a slug for at least a minute. (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. (laughs) And we're off. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Number two, when I was eight, I had a pet spider called John, who did a little dance every time I fed him dead flies. Wow. Mm. Mm. And three... When I was an adult, I once walked a desiccated Wiltshire mouse all around London inside my boot.
1: wow. Can I just say that I really feel collectively as a podcast, Cynthia and I feel really seen with these three, with with these two (laughs) truths and a lie, Lucy. It's like you really got the memo of what we're about. So I just want them all to be true, really. Well, two of them are, which is quite shocking, really, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I think I think that accidentally sucking a slug for a minute is true, because i yeah, i nearly do. I nearly ate a maggot this week, Lucy. This this week, yeah. Oh, oh, inside a bag of pistachios, it was a dry roasted maggot. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, you, but you saw it before it entered saw your it. mouth. I saw oh. it. It was sharing a
0: shell with one of the nuts Mm. anyway so i think the slug is true i think it's the spider one that's fake because i I don't know if it's totally fake but i don't think you would have called it john because you've just told us you've got pierre the bear yeah so i feel like you would have given it a more like majestic spider (laughs) name like a more gothic name yeah Uh, john's a bit boring
1: (laughs) I think I think the same. I think the spider one is the lie. So we'll find out at the end. But thank
0: Lucy. Thank you so much for those. Oh, yeah, and you're very, very yeah. welcome. Because I believe the mouse one.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Last
0: time we were talking, you. I think we ended up talking about mice and them being like wherever you live, they're just everywhere. So I can completely see one sneaking into your boot,
2: yeah. going for a day trip to London. Yeah, not paying their <laughs> <laughs> not paying to get into all the exhibits—that's <laughs> what dead mice are like.
0: <laughs> That's like a whole new children's book, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that next. I'd love yeah. to see it as a picture book. Actually, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: The really stinky mouse, mouse with like crosses for eyes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh. creeping into what? all of the exhibits and not not paying his way through yeah, the world. What would the mouse be called? Life oh um mm. you
0: can mm. think about Some, it i don't know maybe tim like tim
2: burton-esque yeah, yeah. philippe philippe would, oh. be, philippe would be quite grand or um vesuvius maybe oh vesuvius i like that yeah. one mm. vesuvius
0: yeah, like the it. mouse from wiltshire yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool.
1: oh. right so yeah, share, I... share share with us at the
2: end so Over to you, Lucy. What are you going to be talking to us about today? Well, um, so first I feel (laughs) I have to issue an apology because it's quite gruesome. Um, um, (laughs) And I'm going to just be talking to you about taxidermy because it's something that I had to research at length when I wrote Fledgling because there is an element of taxidermy throughout the story. Um, and it came from nowhere, you know, when you just have one of these things. And I thought, oh, so my main character is called Cassie Engel. She lives in this really, really remote house in um, uh, in Bavaria, um, on ve- very elevated on some height, you know, on a on a mountainside. Um, and taxidermy features very heavily in her life. And her dad, who's very, very troubled, is um, an amateur taxidermist. And I have no idea why, it just came to me. I was like, trying trying to think what his job might be, you <laughs> know. I thought he needs a rise, yeah. slightly dis- <laughs> slightly disturbing job. And so yeah, so I made him a taxidermist. And then I had to go down the whole wormhole of, of researching taxidermy. But Cassie's dad's reason for being a taxidermist was that he had fought in the Great War and was very troubled afterwards. And I think I don't say it in so many words, but in my mind he had PTSD. Um and had watched a lot of his friends I just swear it's really dark you know for the morning, but um he lot watched a lot of his friends churned into the earth and couldn't couldn't bear to see that happen for any of the animals that they loved in their lives, so he set about preserving all their pets and other animals that they found, like mice in the kitchen or the family wow. um so yes, yeah, quite dark and gothic fledgling um the owls there are taxidermied owls or stuffed owls that play quite a big part because they have an owlery in their house and those were stuffed by Cassie's great grandfather so so all of these things so taxidermy just plays quite a big role and so I felt I had to research it quite thoroughly Mm. and it's quite grim as a subject I have (laughs) to say. (laughs) I wouldn't expect it to be all like I was gonna say puppies but um, Mm. to be all light and fluffy Really. Yeah, it's, yeah. But mind you, there are some special chemicals you can use to make the fur on the animals very fluffy, as you use the word fluffy. So oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's amazing what you can Look do. Look at Cynthia's
0: face. She's like she's all in. I'm just it's so it's <laughs> weird, isn't it? I mean when I was growing up, um my grandparents' house in Ireland, they had a I can't remember now if it was a duck or a pheasant. It been a duck. They ju- it was just there, just in the in, in, in their the house. living room in their house. I don't know. Like my granddad hadn't done it. Um, mm. I don't know if they'd bought it. I don't know if it was a gift.
2: Like, Isn't that funny though? As a child, you just accepted that that stuffed duck in their house, and no, nope, I, nope.
0: I was horrified. Like nope. it was, it was so scary, and you had to walk past it to go to the toilet at nighttime.
2: Mm. And they also
0: had that like that velvety wallpaper
2: yeah nice. you'd have to
0: walk past the the creepy feeling wallpaper past the duck <laughs> and then, and then you could go for a wee um yeah. but yeah it was just there and then years later my um husband's late father really really liked ducks he just had this soft spot mm-hmm. for ducks and one of his grandchildren brought him over a stuffed duck as a gift mm-hmm. and it now lives in the porch at, at their house <laughs> it's just there it's like it's so, weird, yeah, it's something I feel kind of familiar with, but I know nothing about,
2: yeah, well, yeah, you Nick, i mean that, but I've been too grim. you wouldn't do it to a person, and it's weird that we would do it to a yeah. it to a, a cat or to anything else um mm. but yeah, so I mean, the Victorians were mad for taxidermy, that was oh, the bet they were. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, shocking. I mean, they were awful. They, they decimated the animal population. Um, when I was researching um, red, like the amount of birds that they killed, this is not for taxidermy. This is just to have feathers in their hats. And they seem to have no sense of value for animal life at all. They were just exhibits. Because um, obviously the ancient Egyptians were the ones who began the art of taxidermy. But apparently they weren't very good at it, Um they weren't all that um, the ancient Egyptians, but they were. <laughs> but so they they kind of um, stuffed animals to be buried with their pharaohs. So they mm. would stuff a variety of creatures, and but that would just be the, the preserving them so they could go in the coffins to go and their pharaohs to go to the next life. Um, and apparently, the ones that've been found are quite sort of grotesque and quite lumpy with bulges in all the wrong places. And wow it's quite an art from what i gather you know there's quite a skill involved in 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 the process um but yeah the victorians kind of just went totally mad for it and and that's when it really turned into a massive massive industry and apparently i mean it was um well it was several things but it was um interior design a lot of victorian middle middle class houses they would have loads of stuffed animals in them um, and I guess part of it is they were intrigued by wildlife and photography wasn't what it is now. You know, they might have had these great, you know, grainy black and white pictures of people standing, staring at a camera looking grim. Um, and, you know, they had the other aspects. Some Victorian photography was very dark Um, without going to that too much. But um, what was I saying? But yes, but the, yeah, they loved their stuffed animals in their houses. um, And... And I, I guess it gave them an insight into into animals that they would never, ever get to see close up, really, mm. like we can do now in yeah. various forms. And they didn't have David Attenborough. That was the problem.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> have you um, – it actually popped up on my Twitter or Instagram or something this week. There is – I want to say it's 15th century, but it might be later, and it's a lion – that was taxidermied and it was like given to the king of Sweden or something like that. And then it died and they wanted to preserve it. But the taxidermist had never seen a lion ever. And obviously no photographs of a lion or whatever. So it is the most weirdly cartoon, like its face is just Mm. like, like a child has drawn it. It's Mm, the weirdest. um, It's just so weird. Look it up. Swedish
2: taxidermied lion. (laughs) I will look it up because apparently you have to be so careful that the, the detail or the shape and the angle, if everything isn't hundred percent perfect, it will just look wrong. Yeah. And it's so easy to get these things very, very wrong, you know, with that, with, you know, I mean, they made some animals deliberately wrong gave some creatures two heads or, you know, eight legs when they would only have four. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it's very bizarre, but I will look the line up. The Egyptians, um, a uh, taxidermied or stuffed a crocodile apparently that would
1: be um, tough wouldn't it and what did yeah, that tough. look like
2: well did well literally yeah. <laughs> well apparently it looked all right and there's one hanging from i think there's one hanging from a cathedral in italy somewhere and it's mentioned in a document from 1534 so it's been huh. hanging around for quite a long time this poor crocodile <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to talk about the process of... Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we're on the edge yeah. of our seat here. Yeah, because yeah, I know you, you like things a bit sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so again, I had to read up about that because you sort of think, well, ha- I I well, I hadn't really thought it through. You just see a stuffed animal. You don't think about what's actually inside it. Yeah,
1: because I when you say crocodile, I was like, right, well, what do they cut the, through the end of the
0: tail? And
1: just yeah. like stuff, stuff, stuff. cover <laughs> cotton wool in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like what do they leave in and what do they take out? Yeah. They would have to tell us everything, see.
2: Yeah, this, they, those are brilliant questions. So taxidermy means it's two Greek words which have come together. So you've got the um, taxis, which is the arrangement of something, and the derma, which is the skin. So basically what taxidermy actually is is the arrangement of skin over something else so what they do they um they don't go anywhere near the innards or all the sort of gubbins that's inside the, the torso um so they i've 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 read different ways of describing this someone said it's like peeling an orange um which is the nice way of describing it or you know when you peel i don't eat much meat really but peeling a chicken peeling the skin off a chicken mm. before cooking it I've, I've never done that so basically they peel the skin off the dead creature, the taxidermist. And they still does it. It's still happening today. You know, people are still doing this to creatures. So, you know, for preservation and for scientific interest. Um, So they peel the skin off and then they create something that is the shape of the animal. And that might be. So in the old, well, saying that, going back in in the old days, old, old days, they would literally just stuff it with rags and straw and that sort of thing. And that's when you'd get this really kind of lumpy, macabre Mm. shape outline of the animal but more recently and in the victorian periods they would have like either a like a wire frame which would be filled with whatever or a foam or something like that but something like a cast in the shape of the animal and then they would apply the skin back over it but they would have to do quite a lot to the skin as well because i'll skin is a bit you know ugh. um so they had to well the main thing is drying it out um so just looking at Georgia's face, sorry, this is too much.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. I'm just, I'm getting all of like questions like how, how, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just you thinking sell-
0: of a chicken.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, And also if you dry the skin out, it must be yeah. quite difficult. It must then make it quite difficult to put it back on if it's, if the skin is dry. Yeah. Does it yeah. shrink?
2: Well, I don't, anyway. I haven't read about it shrinking. So previously I think they used to use arsenic. Um, to preserve the skin so basically yeah. they used all these different techniques to to keep the skin as lifelike looking as possible but equally they had to draw all the moisture out of it and also prevent infestations as well because mm-hmm. they would just eat the skin and then their lovely exhibit would um, would be no more so, um, so yeah they used to use arsenic still um, a lot of museum um, exhibits have arsenic on them and they have all sorts of warnings, and no one can handle them because even now, 200 years on, you can still get arsenic poisoning from handling a, um, yeah. a taxidermied stuffed animal.
1: Wow. Don't um, lick the
2: exhibit. Sorry? Don't lick the exhibit. No. <laughs> I've never been tempted to lick a stuffed animal, to be honest, but you know, i resisted the urge. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so um so yeah, so then they would stretch the skin back over whatever form they've chosen to use and stitch it back on. Um eyeballs are obviously an issue um because you know if you leave an eyeball hanging around for too long, it might, you know, get a bit nasty. Mm-hmm. So um so they use either um clay um for eyeballs, which they would paint, um, or glass. And they are they are incredible. So I I've sort of researched eyeballs for um, fledgling, as you do, and Cassie's dad, because it, it sort of starts, he's gone shopping, he's got a haul that he's gone, he's bought in various shops in Munich to, you know, his some some products for his his work. And one of them is like a tray of eyeballs for different animals, and you would be able to buy like fox eyes or cat's eyes or you no. know, mouse eyes. So there'd be an appropriate size and colour so they looked so that would be one of the final jobs of the taxidermist would be to pop the eyeballs in place to really bring them to life. Mm. I'm satisfying as well yeah in the eyeballs
1: yeah I've just got to pop in the eyeballs and then I'm done. (laughs) I'll have a cup
2: of tea then when I've got the (laughs) eyeballs. Wow yeah so it's, it's, it's fascinating the thing that What has always really interested me is the bizarre, the really bizarre things that they did, the Victorians did, and that's called anthropomorphic taxidermy. So it's animals being put in human poses or doing human activities. Oh, like a little mouse with a top hat, that kind of (laughs) thing. There was one that was really famous, which was a mouse taking a bath, and there's this little white mouse sitting in a bath, and there are little bubbles in it, and it's a lovely old roll-top bath, and then there's a towel hanging by the edge. Uh, what else we've we got uh, it was called Victorian whimsy so it's sort of just flights of fancy that they indulged in so was it just um, because
0: everyone was on cocaine
2: <laughs> heroin like they were just like this is such a good idea
0: <laughs> what if hear me out what if we put a mouse in a bath
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with bubbles and everything and, and everyone going, else is just going wild yes yeah. <laughs> we've got um some other things a rat's den being raided by local police rats so little police rats oh my goodness that's so cute isn't it it is so some of them are really sweet someone they someone arranged a village school featuring 48 little rabbits busy writing on tiny slates oh it's
0: like sylvanian families like (laughs) a bit dark maybe that's where sylvanians like originally maybe (laughs) <laughs> oh, we've There's just ruined something else for
2: yeah. childhood. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they just created those and the the wilder the better really and I guess they were entertained they didn't have telly to watch did they so you know <laughs> you'd watch your your taxidermy arrangement your or your boxing squirrels or whatever you happen to have in your living room and birds obviously birds were massive the birds were everywhere their their living rooms were just filled with stuffed birds which um again I'm I'm not a specialist in taxidermy I just sort of know what I've read online but they need a special treatment treatment because you've got feathers in the bird, so you obviously don't want the feathers all to drop out over time because mm. you would end up with a very bald bird, which, you know, you might <laughs> feel peeved about okay. if you spent a lot of money on your, on your taxidermy bird collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: wow. I wonder, do you think that these little Victorian children were allowed to play with them? They'd have to wash their hands after, wouldn't they, because of
0: the arsenic? They wouldn't yeah. have washed their hands. They would have gone and just like licked something.
2: Afterwards. Yeah. Licked them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Yeah, I don't know if they played with them actually, because they were tended to be in glass cases to stop right. them getting dusty. I think. So that was a thing they used the term uh, mounting to. They would talk about a mount, which would be the animal that has been stuffed and preserved, um, and it would normally be in a glass case. Um, so maybe they just were allowed to look at them.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh. Wow. Oh. Is it weird though? I think it's kind of cute when it's like a mouse, and then maybe a rat. When it got to rabbits, I was a bit like, "Oh, I don't know about that. That's a bit, a mm. bit big." Like the bigger it gets, the more weirded out I am about it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. when it's like little mice, just mm. you know, in a little mouse in a suit, that's really adorable. Yeah, yeah
2: it's really sweet. But-, but they, 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 they literally felt no kind of limitations. I was reading about it was the great Exhibition in London in eighteen fifty one and they had a stuffed Indian elephant um in the main hall, so they' taxidermied an entire elephant so and elks and deers and and all sorts really just oh. just whatever whatever tickled their fancy yeah. I think whatever they got well, their well, hands on probably quite I mean a physical
1: task you know yeah. stuffing something that size. I was just trying to think whether it would be easier to do smaller animals or if it's trickier because you have to be because like more intricate detail but probably not it's not I'm probably (laughs) overthinking it or whether there's some animals like you can imagine like in the taxidermist office they're like oh no not a giraffe (laughs)
0: not another giraffe
1: (laughs) kind of thing and they're like oh cobra
0: I love doing snakes easy. (laughs) <laughs> just, um, <I> don't know. <laughs> i've just looked up the lion because i want to show you it was I 1731 wow really can <laughs> you see oh gosh goodness yeah it looks like a puppet it does doesn't it it's a real uh, but look at the pose is it oh <laughs> like that's someone who's never seen a taxidermid or a lion sorry in real life but um, like, to like yeah. recreate it look how campy is yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's
1: so cute it's really weird so they lucy would they literally just stuff it with anything like oh my goodness look at that <laughs> i it's just
0: insane. wouldn't want that in my living room <laughs> that's brilliant i'm gonna put a picture of this on the uh, instagram because it is funny it's
1: like um those um what's the word expectation and reality of like people's cakes you know where they've done tried to like make a, yeah. a professional cake and then it comes out like an absolute
2: horror yeah yeah <laughs> that's it's the bake-off the second bit of the bake-off isn't it yes. on a Friday night yeah where they, that's you know, it. What, yeah what they intended and what they actually got
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what was I saying oh yeah so did they just stuff it with anything that they had lying around basically
2: yeah yeah so the early days they would literally just I, I guess they would sort of you know extract all the interior gubbins what did they whatever. do with the interior gubbins as well oh, they, they never wasted anything did they so I suspect they used it for um oh, I don't know they probably ate it I imagine or because right. the whole trade surrounding the business was just so grim I don't mm-hmm. know because the so you asked me a question, but I'm about to go off and talk about tanneries, and maybe you don't want to talk about tanneries, oh, yes, it's so revolting. <laughs> <laughs> go for, but, um, it. Go for it. the process of tanning, now I don't, again, know the details, because that's there's some things you can read and then not unread, mm. um, and that process. So the Victorian tanneries, So they would have them in every town because they were creating leather and skins and all that other stuff. But the, And so they used the tanning process for animal skins that were going to be hexadermied sometimes as well and they used kind of bodily fluids for the process yeah, so they, they had urine, um, didn't they? yeah yeah they had I'm going to say this politely because I'm a middle grade author but they had piddle pots on the side of the street so if someone needed a piddle they would go off and go there and then people would they would be their job to collect it up wow, and then take wow. it to the tanneries and animal animal um you know you know what's would um, get scooped up and would go off to the tanneries as well. So it's it's so much like unpleasantness, and you just kind of wonder, think, why? I know we don't don't have what we have now, and the chemicals and the knowledge. But even it, so, taking something really unpleasant, and then like, how can we make this more unpleasant? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to well, say, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah in terms of what they used so that just makes me think nothing was ever wasted Mm. um which is a good thing I guess if you're going to use an animal for something you you know might as well use the whole thing especially if it's already dead um I mean that the horrible thing was that there was just this horrible trade in animals during the Victorian period and that's that's the distressing aspect I can sort of understand if someone had a very beloved pet and that happened a lot in Victorian times so Mm. you know a dog or a cat and they they you know if they were wealthy they would choose to stuff it to preserve it um but yeah but the the whole trade I think sounds like it got very out of hand
0: yeah Mm. it's one thing if it's an animal that's died a natural death and then it's preserved for like like the elephant like if that died a natural death and then it was preserved so you know people Mm. could go and see an elephant that they had yeah. never seen before but if it was yeah. if the animals were traded to be killed yes to be stopped yes. that's that's it's unthinkable it's... now isn't it yeah the
2: victorians were just brutal they were brutal in many respects you
0: yeah know, we've obviously. we've talked about victorians on this uh mm, yeah just like eating mummies just mm. like desiccated the mummy population of egypt because they ate them they ate them i did not know that they oh ate them, goodness. they ground them up and used them in paint. They, yeah. oh, they just did, like, they used them as medicine.
2: That's bizarre. Why why would you look at a desiccated mummy and think, oh, I know, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat that finger or yeah. just. They had this like for like thing.
0: So they would, if you had a heart condition, you would eat a mummy's yeah. heart because yeah. it would help.
1: <laughs> mm. So. probably not a good idea. They no. did know how to kind of deal with death, though, I think, quite well, didn't they, the Victorians?
0: Yeah, they were more used to it, weren't yeah, they? It yeah. was such an everyday occurrence.
2: Yeah. It's probably because the children were busy licking the arsenic mice. <laughs> yeah, and, like, Dad was on heroin,
0: you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about the um, – I mean, probably talked about this if you talked about the Victorians, but the um, photography – the photography of the debt of the dead yeah because yeah, i so have some amazing. of
0: it in my first book oh, um that's do, do, because that's all the weird story and yeah. stuff yeah um, oh so, yeah just yeah. and it's something that i tell kids when i go in for school visits because they all look at me like what but because they're kids they're like yeah, this is amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah we yeah. talk about yeah.
2: that i bet they love all that they just love all yeah. the gory details don't they it's what oh, they oh, want yeah. here definitely We've probably talked about most most aspects. I didn't know if you wanted to talk slightly about um, kind of modern taxidermy or not. Really, um, yeah. To round it off, has yeah. anyone ever done it with people? Not, not that I know
0: of, but they might have done. <laughs>
2: mm. Mm.
1: I bet. I bet. There's a. I bet. There's like an underground, like dark web
2: kind of website
1: where you can get people taxidermied, can't you?
2: Yeah. Oh, there must be. There is like an Academy of Taxidermy in London and I went onto the website and it was just a bit gruesome, but they did have a human head that looked very shriveled there. So I don't know if that was a, a, a real human head or whether it was, they sort of had this uh, on their on their homepage of their website. They've got this sort of pile of these. What was that? Uh, I'm going to look at uh, it. It's, oh, <laughs> it was, I think it's called the um, the Academy of Taxidermy in London. It might be called the National Academy of Taxidermy. Let me
0: see. The British Academy of Taxidermy. That's it. Yeah, if you look at the little um, homepage. Oh yeah, yeah, it's quite grim. Oh, it's like a a um, looks like a criminal. Do you know? It's got like a thing around its neck, and
2: yeah, scroll down to the bottom. There's something quite startling right at the bottom with with a mouse or two mice, but.
0: Valentine's pornographic mouse taxidermy. Mm. <laughs> there are two mice going at it. Oh, that is horrible.
1: That's, that awesome? their,
0: that's like on their official website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange? <laughs> what an odd choice. <laughs> and it's like positioning, and, and, and it's underneath this really cute hedgehog. Oh wow they
1: need to talk so, to their web guy
0: yeah <laughs> why did you choose
2: these Oh, <laughs> no, it's a class it's a class you can take oh there you go you wow. yeah so you get a hands-on experience of peeling those chickens
0: but the the pornographic mouse one is a class is that oh you do a specific <laughs> yeah <laughs> So anyone feeling lonely next Valentine's Day, get yourselves booked in. Yeah, the perfect gift for
1: how many, yeah, how many years of marriage is a, is a taxidermy <laughs> mouse couple doing it, doggy style. Yeah. <laughs> or should it be
2: called mousy style?
1: Mousy style, yeah. Oh, God. Aww, that's quite cute now you said mousy style.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Yeah.
0: Oh, we're yeah. doing it every time, don't we? <laughs>
2: uh, so, yeah, let's hear about the modern techniques yeah. then. <laughs> yes. Well, th- this um, this is interesting. So this is the uh, Natural History Museum, and they are still engaged in taxidermy activities for the preservation of species, so so future generations can see them, and and also children might not be able to go and see, for example, a field of pheasants. In the wild. So they have they are creating, and specifically, they've created a um a collection of pheasants. And I don't know how long ago this was there, but it's I think it's available to view now. Um let me just look at the details. Um it was I can't remember the name of the guy who um has created this exhibition, but I think they've got a field of something like 39 pheasants, and they've chosen them because. The male pheasants have this incredible plumage, mm. which is which is very <laughs> um colourful. Um and there's a term which again is something I hadn't heard before called sexual dimorphism. And it's where you've got two creatures of the same species who look quite different. Um, so and it's particularly, particularly notable in the pheasant population. Oh wow. So, The male pheasants have plumage which dazzle, In I'm just reading this here, in deep red, mottled pink, rich chestnut, pale yellow, and iridescent blue. And it says, um, the females, so in in the natural world, the females push the males to become ever more extravagant in colour and plumage by preferring the most extreme to mate with. And I just thought, well, that was just quite an interesting observation. Very interesting. interesting. it's I see loads. The opposite of humans yeah I know we do we need our men folk to become a little bit more yeah, I think we do. Well, they, could, they could try a bit harder let's be honest yeah. they, could, they could work on their plumage for us yeah.
1: <laughs> I see loads of pheasants around where I live and mm-hmm. I think it must be male pheasants that I'm seeing then I never yeah. really thought about it before
2: yeah, if you see the fancy ones,
1: then oh. that one will be the boys. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I hit, I hit one with my car once. Yeah. Oh, no. it, was, yeah it was really sad. Mm. And when I got home. You it could was, have taxidermied it. I could it have taxidermied it because it was stuck in the front of
2: my car. <laughs> oh, there, and no. And it was still alive. Oh, and no. It was flapping. Oh, no. No. Yeah. You should have just do? phoned me up and asked what chemicals you needed to buy. Yeah. Or then, do I know a good borax um supplier? <laughs> <laughs> I'll know for next time. I'll guy. Sorry?
1: I'll know for next time now if yeah. it happens again. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I had a very small baby at the time as well, so I was extra flustered. And luckily or unluckily, depending on how you look at it, my next door neighbour um goes shooting. And so I just knocked on his door and I was like there's a dead pheasant stuck. In, no, an almost dead pheasant stuck in the front of my car. Please, can you help me? And he just dealt with it.
2: Wow. Yeah. I, I, love, I love that euphemism. He just dealt with it. Oh. Just dealt with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. yeah. It went, the problem went away. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know there's a law of the countryside, because I've only just moved to London from the countryside, that if you run over an animal and kill it, you can't pick it up the car behind you is legally allowed to do it yes I heard wow. that mm-hmm. it's like and
1: is it is it could you take it home and eat it as the car behind yes you it's could. like roadkill but not like it's yeah, like yeah. M- murder or
0: manslaughter <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. uh, so you don't do it on purpose yeah so yeah.
1: people don't drive around like bowling mm. down pheasants and stuff
2: wow yeah yeah and and people do they pick up road we're well, going off tangent here <laughs> clearly but they pick up roadkill and make make stews um i think you know met me slightly unusual types that that but i remember there was um, a cooking program and someone made a roadkill stew on it and it was one of those programs, you know, where you—I can't remember what the series was called. What come dine with me, maybe? And someone made a roadkill stew for their guest. Oh, brilliant! Oh
0: no! Ah. Brilliant!
2: I can just imagine the voiceover. <laughs> yeah. They, oh my
0: god.
1: <laughs> oh wow oh, how
0: did it go down I
1: bet it I did they know that it was roadkill stew is that what yeah, they did yeah. on the menu yeah
2: yeah they announced it and were very proud to have created this dish from something that they just scraped up off the road um and yeah I don't think the guests were really appalled as you would be I'm not sure it'd be my <laughs> my um stew of choice <laughs>
0: I appreciate the like frugality and the fact that you use something that's already died. Yeah. But like mm. oh my God, the diseases. <laughs> I know. Like I, I that's have have anything.
2: You, have to, you keep your you keep your eyes to the ground so you'd be you'd know when there's fresh there's a fresh piece of meat out there to go and yeah. pick up. So. Fresh corpse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so Oh this
1: is wow. this is brilliant isn't it <laughs> <laughs> Oh so, so yes
2: that is at the um, Natural History Museum if you wanted to go and see some fancy pheasants with all their special plumage and just get some inspiration for your husbands or boyfriends or whoever yeah.
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow mm. I wonder I wonder if there's like if it's if taxidermists do have like a favorite thing that they like to stuff
2: yeah you do wonder don't you Mm. I I imagine it's sort of changed these days and I think modern taxidermy is probably you know um birds and sort of more manageable manageably sized animals you know tackling crocodiles and elephants and lions you know and also
1: I wonder because when we talked about what they do with the insides, and you know, maybe yeah, the Victorians might have used it for something else or eaten it or whatever. I wonder what they do with it now.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah, I imagine they do. It was it was probably a to
0: incinerate it or something. Yeah, probably has to go in a special bin. The smell, oh, special yeah.
2: bin, <laughs> be awfully smelly. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <I
1: can resist.
0: laughs> um I think there is a I think there's a bit of a thing on Etsy for taxidermied like I think it's a bit of a cool yes. goth girl thing to do mm-hmm. like, yeah, so. Yeah. so I think you can actually buy stuff on Etsy mm-hmm.
2: I think it's sort of returning in popularity as a thing
0: yeah.
2: um and I was in a shop um in Tetbury and and it was an antique shop and I found some taxidermied animals there and they had a swan and a cat um, and as somebody who's always had cats, I found the cat really disturbing. Yeah. It just looked so sad, and and it was obviously Victorian. It had you know it had a lot of age about it, and it was very mm. withered and threadbare, and I don't know. But yeah, I can't. I personally don't think I'd ever want to earn a taxidermy own a taxidermied animal myself.
0: No, yeah. definitely like little mouse ghosts wandering around your house at night yeah, like they're yeah. definitely home. Yeah. I'd be if I was taxidermied I'd be like cause havoc <laughs> um, have some fun at night yeah exactly
1: yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by the getting the skin off mm. because there must be like an element of this the, the skin because you'd want to keep it in one whole piece would you as much as you can yeah. so there's yeah, an yeah. element of like turning it inside out like taking off the rubber
2: glove i think there would be some special skill involved because you'd have to be very careful where you cut the skin because obviously you would have to cut it and i imagine it would be cut on the underside of the animal the bit that doesn't have yes. seen
1: yeah um,
2: and another problem they had when they were shooting animals for taxidermy purposes you would also have a um bullet hole um, yeah. Would have to deal with, um, so yeah, and I and I think they use very fine stitching. And they talk in in my research. I found out that you know they would have to deal with tears as mm. part of the process because that would probably inevitably happen because some bits of skin might cling to the animal a bit more than others.
0: It's yeah, a bit it's like, bit like being a uh, like yeah, it's not easy, is it?
2: No, not, it's, it's no not for the faint-hearted. I would say as okay
1: I feel like taxidermists and like morticians probably same Mm -hmm. similar sort of, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure how they,
2: whether they skin people. um, No, that's
1: true. The opposite. But like making, like sewing people up and and making them look presentable. But yeah, I think you're right. They don't tend to take the skin off of (laughs) corpses, do (laughs) they? Not that I'm aware of.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I took the skin off, then I put it back on but then we did do an episode about human skin books right at the beginning. Oh yeah, we did, yeah. So uh, yeah. it was a thing mm. where they would take the skin or like um tattoos, they would take the skin off and preserve it because it was tattooed. Mm. Yeah. So.
1: I wonder as well whether like taxidermists a bit like, you know, in jobs where you're like working with your hands or whatever, whether there's a part of the job that they absolutely love that is like so satisfying, like you know, if you're like a beautician, they, they love to do like a, a wax or you know, getting blackheads or whatever. Mm. Um whether there's a part of their job that they maybe it's the eyeball popping at the end, they're like, Oh yes, I love that bit. Yeah. I love that bit. Or just like challenging themselves to like unravel the skin. Yeah. Um, you know, whether there's there's a favorite part to the whole
2: process.
0: Yeah, there must like, be. Because I think if you yeah. do
2: anything, there's a favorite yeah. and a lot of favourite, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, i would be interesting to talk to an actual taxidermist and find yeah. out, you know, what first drew them to the um, to mm-hmm. the craft. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: So if there's any listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> from our massive audience, <laughs> you never know. Someone might do it as a hobby. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well it's a funny old hobby to have, isn't it? Really, um,
0: it yeah. is. But then we write weird murder books, so. Yeah. That's yeah. also quite a win. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Shall we oh. move on to Lucy's Two Truths and a Lie?
2: Yeah, let's. Come on, Lucy. Right. So I'm 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 so interested that you didn't believe the spider story because the spider was called John. That was your logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, because he, of Pierre he, the band. Yeah. Not, not because he did a little dance whenever I fed him a dead d- spider. Yeah, I that. A fly. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's because he's called John that makes that story unbelievable. <laughs> I
0: was expecting like Antoine the spider
2: yeah. <laughs> being found in France or, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you are right. Yes. Yay, I did, so, yay well done. I did um, inadvertently suck a slug when I was a child, I was on another planet. I was playing Christmas carols. It was the middle of the summer, and I was eating an apple. I was just miles away. You know, us writer types, we have all these imaginations that takes to other places. And I was at Christmas time in the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, I realized, I was thinking, "What am I? What am I? What am I sucking here? What's going on in my mouth?" And just literally, that sudden moment of realization, I had to like, oh, spit this oh, slug. Oh, go,
1: that has to be the
2: worst, the worst thing that you could have in your mouth—a slug. Yes. Yes I was yeah. so appalled and and ran around sort of doing a lot of uh, yeah. washing my mouth out and yeah but luckily it hasn't happened since I learned Good. from that experience to be to be more careful I when I eat, when I like windfall apples or anything like yeah, that yeah. and the mousing yeah that's just very embarrassing and shocking I can't believe I've shared that with you. Oh,
0: <laughs> so was it because in my head, it was like a pair of boots that had been in the garage or something for a while, and then you would just put them on and
2: not looked inside. Is that what happened? Well, I'm I'm the sort of person, I'm not very good at investigating things. I just accept things the way they are. And these boots had sort of developed uh, over some time. So I did wear them quite frequently. And, um, you know, the bits of, what's it called, like the insole at the bottom of the boot. And I just mm. thought, oh, some of it's kind of ruched up. So it was quite lumpy. Mm. And... and it was only after the day out in London when I'd really walked a lot, and I just thought, "Oh, I've really got to sort out the yeah. inside of my boot." And and then I was so horrified to discover that that I'd been carrying a little mouse around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, I mean, oh, wow. weeks. so yeah, so quite quite revolting, really. But it does give you a little snooze in there, or you yeah. know, decide it's not nice.
1: So, my had boot. you? Did you discover it when you got home or were you like, oh, you weren't on the train or something and you were like, oh, what's going no. on with my Ta-da! boot? I <laughs> dead mouse out of my yeah. boot. weird oh, that's <laughs> what my train. problems. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I got home and I just thought, oh, you know, I need to sort this boot out and sort out this insole. <laughs> And then there were those little, little mousy. Oh, (laughs) oh, wow. You know, if I was a different kind of person, I could have kept him and, you know, he was already desiccated. So he would probably have been quite easy to to taxidermy, do the taxidermy thing on him or her.
1: Yeah. Oh, Lucy, thank you so much for sharing all of those. Well, your 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 truths with us, but and also the world of taxidermy. I mean, this has just been so much
0: fun. (laughs) it it really has has. yeah it's just so (laughs) intriguing
1: yeah yeah I've been trying to find a um I had an old newspaper cutting uh a local one uh for Bedford I can't I can't remember I think it might have been around the Victorian times but there's this report about a a whale being wheeled in to the town centre of Bedford so that people could come and look at it and it was here for like a week or something. And it had obviously like recently been, I think it had washed up on on the coast somewhere and they brought it in and people paid to come and look at it. And they had to keep injecting it with something oh. the longer it was here. So it wasn't a taxidermied one, but it was some, but they were injecting it with something to kind of keep it, keep it fresh. Keep it yeah. fresh. And not yeah. Too but Yeah. People were just coming from miles around to see this whale. It's just amazing,
2: isn't it? i just I just guess they're so removed from the natural world, especially yeah. those in the cities yeah. um, and they I mean, obviously had no other way of seeing all these things, so it would have been so amazing and no other whale of seeing these things <laughs> <laughs> um, um... and on that
0: note. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh,
2: that was
1: really. Oh, Lucy, t- tell us where people can find out more about you if they want to follow you on social media.
2: Yes, that's an excellent question. I've got to remember now. So on Twitter I'm Lucy Hope underscore author. And I'm also the same on Instagram. So I put little updates from time to time. Um, mostly not about taxidermied animals, but you never know. <laughs> Might be inspired now after I <laughs> Um, and in the show notes
0: we'll put a little link where people can buy your book as well so if they want to go and read about taxidermy in a yeah, middle grade yeah. where a, a more friendly way <laughs>
2: yes. then that's where they can do it fantastic thank you for having me it's been brilliant oh, oh thank you so much. it's been fantastic thank you so much oh,
1: okay. brilliant
0: thank you we will yeah. see you next time Yes, Yes. brilliant. Thank you. Bye. 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 Browser history
1: deleted.